Hey folks, it's me, it's Sean Harwell. Uh, you're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about the movies that have fallen through our cracks, of course. And it's not just me today. I got the beans to my Baxter, my co-host, who's also savage. Uh, say hello, Craig Moorhead. Hey, hello. You didn't really you? leave me with a lot to say there. I know. Well, I just you did what I asked you to. I That's cool. It. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> really. How are you? I'm great. Uh, how are you doing, Sean? I'm doing well. I'm excited to talk about this movie today. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, I don't know. I have a lot to say about it, but and then most of it, well, I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm jumping ahead here. Uh, first, yeah. let's point everybody to neverheardpodcast.com. Once again, uh, all the back episodes, all the links you need, come say hello where you want to say hello. We're always happy to receive uh, reviews on the Apple Podcast thingamajingy. So happy. And uh, wherever else you want to leave a review, I don't know. There may be places to do that. <laughs> um, you know, if you just want to just uh, write it on a piece of paper, tape it to your window, that, that yeah. works too. Yeah. But, Craig. Sean. We got to start with a confessions corner. Oh, confess it up. Not me, homeboy. You. Uh was listening oh. to our previous episode again. Yeah. This is why I said confessions, not corrections. Oh. I couldn't help but notice, although yes, I didn't notice at the time, you left out one very important person in your crew and cast rundown. You know who that might be? It's the writer, Craig. It's the, it's the damn screenwriter of how I got But the college. writer doesn't really do anything, right? Craig, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was Terrell Seltzer. I can't even believe I'm having to do this. Obviously, he wrote How I Got Into College. He also wrote One Fine Day in 1996, the Michelle Pfeiffer, George Clooney uh, romantic movie, which I'm just going to, without looking, guess made $460 million. And most recently, he wrote The Rendezvous in 2016. So you're welcome, Mr. Seltzer. Uh, I'm sorry Craig let you down. I have to say I am bewildered at how I did not include Terrell Seltzer or Terrell Seltzer. Yeah, it might be Terrell. I'm really, I'm, I'm, I, I apologize. My very sincere apologies. That is weird and dumb. I mean, I know you like Seltzer, the drink. Love Seltzer. Yeah. Um, I've always meant to watch One Fine Day. Yeah, me That's too. true. That's true. Well, maybe tomorrow will be one fine day for you to do that, right? Maybe. And maybe penance. Will. Mm. Okay. Uh, that ends the confession corner oh, this week. God. There may there may be more to come. Um, but yeah, there, I mean, you did have, to be fair, you did have a lot to handle there because as you know, we now know, having watched the 1989 comedy How I Got Into College, there's a lot of people in this movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, a lot of funny ones at that. And we're going to get to all that, obviously. Uh, but, Craig, I'm supposed to ask you now, too. I think, uh, have you watched anything else in between the last time we've talked and when you watched this movie uh, of today's podcast? Oh, oh, hell yeah. What'd you watch? I watched at least one movie. And that movie would be, you know, I watched, uh, I rewatched um, Doctor Strange with my son. Yeah. Um, did your son uh, keep up with all the uh, p- the plot details of that one? 
Oh yeah, no, he he thought it was he thought it was uh, fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if he really kept up with all of it. It's tough. It's, I, I had tough with it. Uh, the problem. Yeah. That's why I asked well, him, your son's younger than way younger than I am, obviously. Right. So, yeah. Well, I remember when it was coming out, there was kind of a feeling of like, man, they got to cover a lot of pretty crazy concepts. Yeah. And and keep things moving. And I, I really feel like they did a really good job. Um, I wasn't somebody who was like well versed in talking about multiverses and junk at, before that movie. And now you um, are, right? Uh, oh yeah. You do a yeah. TED talk. Let's do that right uh, now. Yeah. yeah, I got. I'm working on a. <laughs> I'm brewing up a TED talk. Oh good. But um, but uh, what what was interesting was I didn't really think about how funny a movie it actually was. I I was it thinking really of it is, as being yeah. so dark, and but then watching it with him, like there's so much uh, uh levity to it. Um, but it was, it's fun. It's a fun movie. I, I think, I think yeah. everyone does pretty well. It's one of the, one of the, um, you know, n- not, not too bad of a, a villain, although it's not my favorite kind of villain. Right. Where it's just, you know, the, but, but, uh, but as that far as the Mads hero, Mikkelsen, he, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And yeah. he's great. I mean, I love that guy, obviously. Yeah. yeah. He's, I think he's but like in terms cool of like motivation movie, and stuff. But yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't remember anything about what the hell he was doing yeah. in that movie. No clue. Yeah. The movie Raising Cain by Brian De Palma, uh-huh. John Lithgow, yeah. came out a couple years ago. Uh, probably everybody knows this but me. I, I don't know how I didn't know this. Somebody recut it because Brian De Palma did not really like the cut that ended up in theaters. Uh-huh. But he really struggled with the story. He was trying to get the story right and just couldn't. And he couldn't figure it out because he always wanted the movie to really follow the heroine. Uh, the 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 wife in it, whose name, of course, now I cannot remember, which really shows. Was it Terrell Seltzer? How it, uh, it was? How did? Okay, good. How did that happen? Jeez, I don't know what it is. Uh, with you. Okay, no, uh, I don't remember. Well, I don't know if I've ever even seen Raising Kane. Oh, it's quite good. So yeah, Jenny, Jenny is her name, okay. played by Lolita Davidovich. Okay, there you go. Which is a name that is so fun to say. You should try it. Yeah. Um, I love saying that name, but um, but uh. It was always supposed to really kind of focus on her, but the movie that ended up in theaters really focused a lot on John Lithgow. Uh-huh. And I never really thought about it. Like, I like Brian De Palma movies. It's one of the more, like, sort of outrageous ones. Okay. And I love that. I love that about Brian De Palma movies. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, somebody recut it, and Brian De Palma liked it so much, apparently it's on the Blu-ray. They included okay. it on the Blu-ray of Raising Cain because it was just like, yeah, this is, this is, you know, very close to what I wanted it to be. So I watched that recut last uh, over the last couple of days. And it is. It is kind of a much better and clearer movie in a weird way. Interesting. Um, now, so was I would this recommend a, f- that to a anybody. fan who cut it? Yeah, it was a fan edit? cut. It's it's out there. Wow, I think it's on. Cool. Um, maybe it's on Vimeo, I guess. But if you if you yeah. Google it, you'll find an article about it, and it's you know it's for educational purposes and all that. I, yeah, yeah. But if I had known that though, if I had known his feelings about raising Cain, I would have done that. You would have done that. Yeah. Right. Oh man. Well, but, he's um, made a bunch of movies. I'm sure there's another one that you could do something with. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Uh, probably yeah. Casualties of War needs a recut. I don't know. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but, but it's, it's really neat. It was kind of a really cool experience to, to watch that after having you know, seen. I, I've watched the other one a bunch of times. And nice. So it was, it was really cool to check out. What about you? What, else, what did you watch this week? Uh, let's see. I, I don't think I mentioned this last time. If I did, apologize. Uh, I watched a documentary on typewriters called California Typewriter. That, uh, yeah, exactly. You just fell no, it's actually it's, it's oh. really good. It's very exciting and interesting. Yeah, uh, it, yeah. It's called that because there's a store in uh, Berkeley that was 
called California Typewriter. It was sort of like, it still is, I think, the last sort of standing typewriter service shop in America, if not the yeah. world. And uh, yeah, just a really interesting gentleman that worked there. And probably not what you would expect, but yeah, Tom Hanks is in this thing. John Mayer, Sam Shepard was in there, uh, oh, wow. among others. And yeah, it was kind of cool. Love and it. then uh, two others. I watched Suburbicon, oh, the yeah. much maligned George Clooney movie, written co-written by uh, by the Coen Brothers and Clooney and Grant Heslov of Dangerous Curves fame. Mm-hmm, <laughs> Can't mm-hmm. fail to mention. That that movie is it's tough. I mean, it's interesting. It's way way darker, I think, than it was sold as, uh, yeah. at least from the trailers that I remember. And it's it's hard to kind of like, I think, because of sure. that in some ways, because there's there's not a lot to root for there. It, it's pretty bleak, but interesting to see nonetheless. Uh, All the president's men. I sat down and continued my my Nixon uh, history. Nice. And education. Yeah, I don't think I had seen that movie sort of as a piece. I'd only seen bits and pieces of. Mm-hmm. And I was really impressed by just how, like, they didn't, they didn't pull any punches on that thing as far as going a deep, deep dive into the names of, of you know, the, yeah. the, the track that they went on and that little, all the breadcrumbs that they were piecing together. I mean, I don't know who half of those people were they were talking about, but I was like, yeah, this is interesting. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm yeah. sure that person did something, you know. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's... Uh, it looks really good. I don't know. I like the look of it and the way it's shot. But uh, that's it. That's it. I didn't didn't cram a whole lot in the past two weeks. It's it's a it's another one where it seems like you would have benefited from being an adult in that year. Oh, of course, yeah. And just things being very fresh. Yep. But yeah. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. It's quickly how so many of those names I'm sure like don't ever get brought up and and have fallen out of of record necessarily, and yeah. yet I mean, look, they were obviously critical to the downfall of a president. So interesting. Well, let's shift gears entirely then on that note. And let's talk about this movie, How I Got Into College. Uh, As we mentioned last time, it was directed by Savage Steve Holland of One Crazy Summer and, of course, Better Off Dead and The Adventures of Beans Baxter fame. Thank you. Right? Thank you. Yes. And before I forget to say this down down the line, but... I, did, I, I was looking again at his resume, and he really has shifted into predominantly doing things that are PG or G-rated. Um, a lot of Disney Channel stuff and, and just things for kids across the board. So that's kind of interesting, and maybe this was a pathway to that, but we'll get to that. Um, I'll do the the synopsis real quickly here from uh, IMDb, although I guess you can kind of figure out what it's about, given it's called How I Got to College. Um, (laughs) It is a simple story of two young Michigan high school students, Jessica, Kalo, played by Laura Flynn Boyle. She's the class president and local smart girl, an object of Marlon Brown, played by Corey Parker, his affection and his attempts to get into a small Pennsylvania college called Ramsey College. Hmm. Uh, we also had Anthony Edwards, so many others, Brian Doyle Murray. Uh, is it Tachina Arnold? Is that how you say her name? I Pam. guess so, yeah. Pam from Martin. I recognized her yeah. instantly. She's great. Uh, Philip Baker Hall's yeah. in there. 
Charles Rocket, all the people that we talked about in the previous episode, including Richard Jenkins with a lot more hair. And uh, that was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Craig, you were very excited about this movie, maybe being the lost Savage Steve Holland movie of the 80s that neither one of us had seen. I'm very, very curious to hear what you thought. Uh... Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> How do you know if a, if a recommendation is not going to be stellar? Well, um, the dead silence is maybe... Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it gave me a good bit of the wackiness I desired. Yeah. I don't think it was... Um, what's so great about Better Off Dead mm-hmm. is that it goes into really, really weird places, but somehow stays very cohesive. And this movie, I think by its nature, it kind of wants to be this ensemble and it wants to follow a bunch of different threads. Yeah. And I don't feel like it, it doesn't really hold together very nicely. A lot of good bits, uh, nice performances by some folks. Um, but some stuff does kind of thud and it, and it just doesn't stay together. And, and actually you reading that um, synopsis, and I've got the synopsis from Wikipedia right in front of me. I guess both of these start out talking about how it follows a girl named Jessica. And no, not no, really. Yeah. That's not really right. <laughs> no. It's it's so so it's kind of um I feel like the poster is exactly right. Like the poster gives the, me the exact feeling I had watching it. Although There's don't you every people... time you look at that poster think about uh Michael Richards Kramer cuz the Corey Parker yeah. <laughs> we, I, I don't the... I, There's something I about still his don't face. think that's yeah. actually Corey Parker on the poster. Like I'm it's looking at it be. and I'm like I know. I mean, it has to be, but I'm just looking at him like, yeah. it doesn't seem like that's him. It's weird. Um, so that's kind of where I came down. So, I, I mean, I mean, uh, I guess a little bit let down, hoping this was going to like take it up a notch Yeah. from Better Off Dead. It didn't really do that, but it's kind of a nice, kind of a nice pocket of, of Savage Steve Holland mm-hmm. that, that's been found. So that, that's always kind of nice. What about you? I got to say, I really kind of liked it. Uh, I mean, I think... There's nothing you're saying that I can completely disagree with. Uh, but on the whole, I sort of just felt like, oh, this is like a light, simple comedy. But it's funny enough and it's wacky mm-hmm. enough. And the shot selection is good. And frankly, mm-hmm. I don't, it's been a long time since I've watched Better Off Dead. So I, I, I wasn't really making a lot of mental comparisons between the two. And that said, I don't know. Like, I'm sitting here, and I'll watch this thing, and I get to the end, and I'm just like, well, that, I definitely wrote down the word ha in my notes <laughs> right. a bunch of, t- like, way more than anything else. And I'm sure. like, why, I don't, why is this movie not remembered, you know? And there's a kid in here towards the end who I was like, I know this kid from some, like, oh, he was in summer school, right? He was just one of the students in the summer school. I don't okay. remember in this movie, he's like the guy that, I don't know, he's like got a horn. He's like handing out bumper stickers at the school. Maybe he's running for a class president, too. I don't know. There was no, like. Oh, yeah. He's got a very identifiable voice, and that's where I recognize him from yep. summer school. And granted, I haven't seen that movie in a long time either. But I must have watched that movie like 25 times growing up, right? Right. This, I mean, I don't feel like this movie is a, like, it can't be a thousand times worse than Summer School. And I've never heard of this movie, you know? 
Yeah. Like, I, that's what I'm just trying to, uh, that's what, what my big takeaway was. It's like, well, okay, why that movie and not this movie? Or why, you know, um, like any of these other movies, that this one just didn't quite reach the collective consciousness uh, out of the 80s when so many other things did that are not great, right? Let's, you know, for being honest. Yeah. Um, so many well, other I, things. So I have a I, I theory. Know. Okay. I mean, definitely, I think this movie, again, like, is lighter in comedy than, like, this, and again, sure. like, talking about the pathway to making stuff that's a little more kid-friendly, there's not a lot of cursing in this. There's no nudity that I recall. No. I, I mean, it doesn't have some of those, like, even, like, the John Hughes, like, weird science stuff. Like, this movie is definitely not as dark as weird science, right? Um, right. Nowhere close. And so, yeah, maybe it plays to a slightly younger crowd, and maybe that's part of it, too. Like, just removing the story of it, <laughs> like, you know, because, yeah, yeah, there's, there's, there's questionable choices here. But what's your theory? There are. Well, I mean, I, I just kind of feel like, not that this is, would be the only reason, but, I mean, I, I kind of feel like, because it's, 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 like you're saying, it's kind of a, it's a good enough time. Yeah. There are there are sequences in it that are that are really funny, um, but I feel like you know if if I was a kid and I watched that, and then some of my friends were like, "Oh, you saw that? What's what's that about?" And I tried to describe it to them. I don't know if people would want to watch it off my description. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a way, you know. Well, there's this admissions board, and what they're doing, you know. Yeah. I I, I don't. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Of course, I don't know. I, I mean, maybe that's true of everything. I mean, maybe I could describe Breakfast Club and no one would want to watch that, too. You know, yeah, it's, they're sitting but, in a but, detention room. Yeah. Yeah. But it's kind but of I it's, do it's, think it's, you're right, though. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, like by not sticking to the kids. Uh, y- yeah. You get into a bit cloudier world where you wonder exactly who this movie is for. Sure. You know? And there's maybe not really an emotional payoff. Oh no. Where, no. Whereas <laughs> even I feel like Better Off Dead kind of had an undercurrent of emotion just because John Cusack was so in love with that girl who didn't want him yeah. to even talk to him. Like now, he had some emotion. Like this one doesn't really bother with much emotion. No, again, like uh, it's almost like I still feel like in some ways, yeah, it's it's just better like for middle school kids because by the end of sure. this, they're kind of just they're better friends, honestly. Like, I don't, I mean, yeah. maybe they'll date in college, but yeah. <laughs> in some ways, like, yeah, it doesn't It's a very feel platonic like, relationship. Right. It's not like yeah. he really got the girl at the end, even though he does. Yeah. And mean, the whole thing kiss, is not about him not... trying to have sex with her, which is kind of nope. refreshing. That was refreshing. That was nice. Yeah. <laughs> He's very innocent in this movie. There's nothing yeah. completely, uh, I don't remember any uh, terrible homophobe or date rapey kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah what a relief yeah there's i don't remember any like bad like fat jokes or anything like that either like i like i'm saying like again like uh yeah maybe just as a slightly younger crowd that it's targeting here and uh also while watching this i'm sure you probably did as well but couldn't help think again about the fact that uh there was another director a female director jan eliasberg attached to this originally and got fired Specifically, that quote that we read about, you know, the studio saying they wanted more Laverne, Shir- Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. And they were getting thirty something. I don't. I mean, do you feel like this is in any way sitcommy? This movie. Um, 
It, no, I mean it def- definitely doesn't feel sitcommy. No. No, like it's it's it just doesn't have those kind of rhythms. I I can see that I could see like if you told me that that Jan had already directed all of the admissions scenes. Yeah. Like I could be like, "Oh yeah, yeah." I could see I could see that like if they're they're, they're feeling like it's too serious or something, but like the rest of the movie I didn't feel I I don't know, like unless they she had really hadn't shot anything yet. I'd yeah. be really interested to know like what what it was she um she she had done that was so offensive <laughs> that they yeah, decided I, to replace her cuz I don't know. I mean, I I was sort of wondering if maybe she was like honing in on the Laura Flynn Boyle character and just trying to convey the stress that she's feeling about you know, getting into the school and getting her parents to be on board with her going to the school when all her sisters have gone to Michigan. Like, if, you know, if she's playing that yeah. a little more straight, then maybe that's where their concern comes in. Because I, I do think there's like some really funny moments around her character. Mm-hmm. And uh, one in particular <laughs> was at her house when she's telling her parents that she wants to go to Ramsey College instead of Michigan. <laughs> and they talk about all her sisters went to Michigan. And you cut to the photo on the wall that's all her sisters in their Michigan sweaters. And then mm-hmm. about how, you know, Laura Flynn Boyle doesn't even like the pineapple ham surprise that mom made. And that all her sisters like the pineapple ham surprise. And then you cut to the picture on the wall of her <laughs> sisters with the pineapple ham surprise. Yes. That, that is I mean, prime that, Steve Holland as far yes, as Yes, I was like, that's absolutely him pumping comedy in this. And I don't, I wonder if that stuff was in the script or if he brought that to it or what <laughs> exactly. But I do feel like he nailed that so stuff. Good. And that yeah. stuff is really, really funny. And so, I mean, I can see both sides of the coin. I could see her coming in and saying, I, you guys, like, no, like, if you're if you're a real kid and you're having that conversation with your parents, like it would, yeah, it would be stressful. Like we don't need to get comedy out of that. Um, right. I'm sitting here saying I, I'm kind of glad they did. Like I love those moments and things like that in this version of it. But yeah, I don't know. I can see where maybe that's where some of it went in different directions yeah. for director versus studio. But I don't know. Unless we'll talk to her, I guess we'll never know. <laughs> maybe. Mm. Andrew Bentler, if he's listening and talk to Corey Parker, he can find out some of these details, but we'll see. Um, Well, yeah, I mean, the basic setup of this thing is pretty clear and clean, and I did like the fact that, you know, pretty early on, it's just sort of spit out there by Corey Parker. But, you know, you get the sense that he's obsessed with Laura Flynn Boyle's character, uh, Jessica, but he's on the outside, like he's not really part of her clique. He hasn't talked to her. He's got a buddy named Oliver, played by Christopher Rydell, which I didn't really recognize him, but uh, he's got some funny moments. He sort of looks yeah. like a like he was riding the Cobain vibe before Nirvana. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just like right on the like if Co- if you saw Kurt Cobain like in the eight like in an eighties movie, he would look like this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which that's maybe doesn't make any sense. But you know, he, he's sort of there to be the mouthpiece of like, why do you care about this? Like go talk to her, do something with her. He's like, why are you even thinking about college? But I mean from the word go, like everybody's talking about college. Like I don't remember anybody in school in high school like no. talking about college this much. But like no. you know, I mean that is pumped to an extreme. And you find out that Jessica is thinking about applying to Ramsey 
And Corey Parker finds that out as well. And so when he goes into his meeting with the guidance counselor, he's basically saying, uh, I want to go to Ramsey too, because basically my college plans are to go to wherever Jessica Kalo goes and for us to be together. And yeah. uh, I mean, as absurd as that and ridiculous as that is, and there are moments where that is questioned by other people. Sure. Uh, I did kind of like that. It was just like, okay, yeah, he just, he just says it like, that's what it is. Yeah. It's not like he's hiding that or it's some like plot where he's going to then like, you know, I don't know, like try to pull the wool over anybody's eyes. It's like, no, mm-hmm. that's just what he's trying to do here. Um, well, you know, it's, it's that, that is, is kind of really refreshing. And the other thing about the movie is that from the very beginning, Jessica is nice to him. Yeah. Uh-huh. They don't seem to know each other, but she's not stuck up. She doesn't, you know, she's not like, oh, Marlon Brown. I don't know. There's, there's no real hesitation. She's just yeah. nice to him and he likes her. It's pretty weird sure. that he wants to just go to a college because there's a girl who he doesn't really know that well is going to go to the same college. Mm-hmm. Some might call it stalking. Yeah. I think they bring that up in in the uh in the movie at some point they I, I believe there was some kind of mention of it though i don't have it in my notes but uh but yeah but it's kind of yeah it's it's all of it is is sort of so innocent yeah i mean um, even anthony edwards who works as an admissions officer for ramsey college you know when they have sort of yeah. like this college expo he's like that's not a good idea but people have wanted to go to our college for worse reasons. <laughs> yeah. Know? I was like, well, that's, that's probably true. True. You know, I mean, yeah. I did sort of like how he handled that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that is kind of the frame of this movie. I mean, that's really it. And like you, exactly what you're saying. Like if you try to tell somebody like what this movie is about, you're not going to get it across the experience right. of it because really like this movie, even from the opening, is all about style in some ways and those jokes, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where it's like elevates above this, you know, maybe problematic or too simple of a plot or, you know, like you're saying, like something that's, it's not very emotionally compelling, right? <laughs> you know, right. which I wondered about when you're dealing with teenagers trying to get into college and what that looks like. But, you know, you start with this great sequence where people are running a marathon. And there's a guy who's got a shirt on with the letter A. And there's another guy who's got a shirt on with the letter B. And you're hearing Corey Parker basically do like that age-old SAT math question about, well, if you've got one person leaving at one time and another person leaving at one time, you know, and the trains are going this speed, blah, 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 blah. It's about runners. And... We then have those two guys sort of talk to camera and you realize what's going on and you get those like tight close-ups on Corey just talking into the camera as he's reading this question. And, you you know, f- we figure out very quickly he's doing like an SAT prep test and this is how he's like working out this question in his mind and we're seeing the visualization of that. And I liked all those moments and like, you know, those two guys pop up again, I think at least three or four times. And um, dang it, where are their names? One of them, Craig, is Tom Kinney, the guy yes. with yeah longer blonde hair who does the voice of uh, SpongeBob. So SpongeBob, yeah, yeah. Again, making Savage Steve Holland's connections 
uh, to the kids show. And the other is Bruce Wagner, who interestingly, did we talk about this in the tee-up? He wrote uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. We did not talk about He's that. He's so far down the list, I know, yeah. And uh, Maps to the Stars, he did that freaking Cronenberg movie not too long ago. Crazy. Um, wow. Yeah. But, you know, he is like in the middle of the marathon smoking a cigarette and just, you know, they're like cursing at this kid, like, don't do it. You know, figure it out. You're going to ruin us. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, then you kind of cut into the classroom and it's this thing where you're seeing all these kids take the test. And there's one girl who's like just weeping throughout this test. And there's a pile of napkins. <laughs> and you, I mean, it's like, why? Like, you know, it's just like, oh, no, I'm going to fail kind of thing. And, it's so heightened. I mean, you, none of these people yeah. are real. And that is just, it's carried throughout. I mean, that girl, that crying girl who I thought was just a throwaway there in that initial scene, like, nope, she's she's there throughout. She's one of Jessica's friends. And, uh, and she's crying throughout. She's crying throughout, and it made me laugh throughout. There's yeah. so much humor there. But, uh, I mean, I, I think maybe... Like, that's the stuff we ought to just talk about. Like, those yeah. little, like, what did you like comedically from this movie and those little weird moments? Because it really is. Like, it's hard yeah. to talk about the plot of this movie and make it sound exciting. But I do think all this other stuff is, you know, it is Savage Steve Holland. That's what we came for. So, what are some of the things that you totally. liked from that bag? Uh, my favorite bagged moments are. <laughs> One of my favorites is, uh, and this is because Lara Flynn Boyle is such a good casting choice for a movie like this. She is, yeah. Because she is super beautiful, which is what mm-hmm. they want their lead actress to be, the the the, the, the heart's desire of the, the male lead, you know? Yeah. But in a lot of movies like this, she would just go through the movie sort of laughing at the funny stuff and otherwise not really contributing to anything. Right. Whereas Lara Flynn Boyle is actually pretty funny yeah. and plays into this mm-hmm. sort of uh um sort of very dry weird humor in a great way and and one of my favorite bits is before she's about to go in for her interview yeah and she overhears somebody saying you know oh well these girls are all a dime a dozen and and just starts uh describing you know things that that make girls ordinary or whatever you uh-huh. know people we wouldn't want for the for the college i guess uh, charles rocket's character is saying this yeah right and while he's saying it she's she's hearing it she's looking around the waiting room and like one of the first things she looks over and sees this entire bench full of girls who are dressed exactly the same way she is Mm -hmm. and and she's just having this anxiety attack and like these two girls sit down and they're talking about how i don't know they're, they're like prodigies or like musical prodigies for something or other and she like gets up can't take it she goes and sits well they're next twins to too which is important because yeah. yeah one of my favorite jokes was later on with them oh with yeah. Those two. yeah no no but anyway yeah go ahead but she she gets up and she goes and sits down next to this other girl who just seems like kind of i don't know she seems like uh like maybe she's uh she's had a low a, a low ride in life <laughs> A low ride? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Well, whatever. She she kind of sizes the girl up just visually and it's like, okay, well, if you know, if she's doing all right, you know, I can I can hang with this. And she sits down and and she picks up a magazine and on the front is a photo of that girl looking exactly the same as she does on the bench. <laughs> yep. And she's like cured cancer or something, right? Or she got like the Nobel, Nobel Prize. Nobel Prize, yeah. Something like that. <laughs> I mean, 
and it's just so good and all of all of Lara's uh, um, uh, reactions are so good and like they yeah. they like put a fisheye lens in her face you know just to like a lot of that and I mean yeah. it, it just she, she's very good with all that stuff that was one of my favorite bits what about you no I liked that one a lot as well I mean that girl that's on life yeah it was like life magazine she's got glasses and like head I think she had headgear on headgear so. yeah 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 <laughs> And it's just like the nerdiest looking girl. And then sure enough, like she won the damn Nobel Prize. <laughs> Nobel Prize. Uh, no, I like that stuff. I mean, like the escalation of the jokes, I, I think worked really well. And like his way of visualizing those things. And like yeah. what we're talking about with the sisters and the hams, pineapple ham surprise. Um, oh, so good. Well, I mean, one thing about Laura Flynn Boyle, honestly, like I feel like I've like I've just seen her play the bitch so much, you know. I, I mean, when sure. I think of her, I kind of think of like that show, The Practice, that she was on, where she was like a lawyer, and, you know, a couple other things, and she was in Happiness. Oh, and, gotcha. And yeah. Uh, yeah, she's just so not that in this movie, which was nice. Yeah. I really liked the moment in towards the beginning when you know they're in the diner. It's like after the SAT prep test, and you're sort of cross-cutting between Jessica and her friends, which include the weeping girl and then another girl. Uh, and I never did quite catch those girls' names. But uh, no, th- it's basically the weeping girl and the other girl. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, that's, that's what I'm going to call them. Um, yeah. And Corey Parker and his buddy, you know, uh, Marlon and Oliver, and they're having their conversation. Why don't you just go talk to her, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then it's just something like, I can't, you're going to throw away four years of your life chasing a girl who has, won't even give you the time of day. And then, like, it cuts on a dime, and you realize that everybody's been listening to Oliver as this, like, as his voice built. And then Laura Flynn Boyle goes, um, it's it's twelve thirty. I was just like, right. I was like, that's I can't believe I've never seen that joke before. Like it's time, you know, it won't even give you the time of the day, and then she just does that. Um, I also yeah. liked in that scene that the weeping girl, as she's listening to Laura Flynn Boyle tell this story about you know this urban legend of a girl who got so stressed out about getting into college that she cracked during the interview and completely stripped down and ended up in a mental hospital. Well, the yeah. weeping girl during part of that is smoking a cigarette. And then as the story's building and she's getting tense, she accidentally picks up a French fry and thinks that she's like smoking. <laughs> it was so stupid. Um, I love but it. I, I did. I liked it. And then, honestly, uh, the, the whole, the entire college expo at the high school just, oh, for yeah. me, that worked from start to finish of... Marlon and Oliver walking in and being immediately greeted by a marching band and screaming. A marching band. Yeah. Yes. I know. I mean, again, <laughs> I don't even, if we had a college expo at my high school, I didn't go. I don't remember it at all. If mm. they did, I promise you it looked nothing like this and there were no oh, yeah. marching bands. And then, you know, they turn and are going to run, but the there's another marching band or the rest of the marching band is coming towards them. You get pushed in this gym, and it's just like an onslaught of ridiculous things. And again, like that fisheye lens, there's a lot of that. There's somebody from the military who, like, straight up says that, you know, college is for pussies. It's just right. yelling it at the top of his lungs. You get Curtis Armstrong, Booger, who's there representing the Bible a College. Great bit. Such a great yeah. bit. Great shot. Again, he's got like two guys beside him like that are just good, good faces. Um, there's a lot of good faces yeah. here. There's a robot that's there from like MIT or somewhere that all the nerds follow because that's 
That's, that's what nerds do. That's the school you want to go to in the 80s is the one where they're building <laughs> robots if you're a nerd. Um, and so, I mean, that entire sequence I just enjoyed and um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, I mean, there's so many other ones too. I mean, Richard Jenkins, when we first meet him and we find out, I mean, there's so little about either Jessica or Marlon's family really in this movie. Yeah, and probably more of Jessica's than Marlon's. Even though Marlon's, I thought was was freaking hilarious. It was because Richard Jenkins is now remarried to, and that is uh, Diane Franklin, right? Yeah, is that her name? Yeah, and obviously a much younger stepmom, and they've got a mm-hmm. child now. And uh, you know, Richard Jenkins is just in there like filming with his video camera, and I don't know, just like everything that came out of his mouth made me laugh. And uh, just the the idea of them as a couple, I thought was really funny, and kind of wanted more of. Um, And then we should talk briefly about Nora Dunn, Phil Hartman, run a SAT prep school, basically, or just you know, it's they're tutors, they're con artists, basically, to try (laughs) and take kids' money and and supposedly help them get better chances of getting into schools and how to do essays and interviews and all that stuff. And in the first session, you know, there's sort of like orientation, you know, Hartman is doing his whole spiel and like totally sounds like whatever that character he played on the Simpsons, you know, the guy guy that comes in and tries to sell the monorail to the town. I mean, he sounds exactly (laughs) like that. Like uh, he's doing that kind of like shade of his voice, but like as he's talking, we realize, oh, there's the there's the crying girl, and Nora Dunn just walks over and hands her a tissue, and like they're, they're like they don't make a big <laughs> moment out of it or anything, but like that stuff just just made me laugh. Um, it's good, yeah. And there's so many of those. There's not, I don't know. I mean, like again, like there's not really a payoff to that entire thread no. of the Benedict and Bauer thing, is there? No. I mean, not in terms of. No, I mean there there isn't. I mean, I mean, yeah, they're they're complete con artists. Yeah. They don't help anybody whatsoever. No. And Marlon definitely does not get a better score in his SATs. Definitely not. I mean, I think they sort of do plant the seed that, you know, he needs to go in there and like make himself seem different and stand out, which I think right. is ultimately how he comes to make this you know video sort of essay that he he delivers um but yeah i mean they're really just there for silly comedic stuff and again like i don't know anybody who went to one of these things and if they did i I feel fairly certain in saying it didn't look anything like this i did love that like one time we cut to them and nora dunn is reading uh pro wrestling illustrated for some reason (laughs) yes so weird um beautiful i don't know but uh I don't know. I mean, the biggest, I guess, side story would have to be the admissions people, staff, right at Ramsey College, which is sort of, I guess, Anthony Edwards makes up the centerpiece of that, Kip Hammond, although he, he shares quite a bit of time with, I guess that's Finn Carter there, who plays a woman named Nina. And then... I think so, yeah. Yeah, you've got Philip Baker Hall, who is sort of... The dean of admissions, I think, who is on his way out, he's either retiring or whatever, and then you've got a chancellor, 
He's a much older woman over that. And so Charles Rocket, his character, Leo, is sort of the scumbag. Kind of represents the Yopi culture. He's got the BMW, and he's really just wanting the upper crust of applicants to get in there based on their test scores. Right. And part of that is is for him to sort of make his case to be the replacement of Philip Baker Hall and take that job. Um, but boy, we spend a lot of time with that group of folks. And mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, if if there's one immediate criticism of this movie from a story standpoint, it is there's the actor Bill Raymond, who plays a character named Flutter. There's a whole runner about how he accidentally wanted to accept a student whose last name was Pig, which turned out to just be a prank that there was a pig that that was applying to co- and like that mm-hmm. I mean that kind of just, like all of that just fell flat to me. I don't did you get anything out of that sort of runner? No. Yeah. No, I, I and I can say the whole that entire thread that pays off at the end. None of that did anything for me. Um why Sadly. do you and, think and, that is, I mean, again, like going back to the era and maybe yeah. summer school is sort of an apt comparison because it, that movie really is sort of, what is that, Mark Harmon? Um, right. I mean, in some ways that is like the adults movie, even though obviously there's a lot about the students. And here, yeah, it, it is almost kind of like they tried to split it down the middle in some ways. And I, I do wonder why, because obviously there's so many good examples in that decade of not mm-hmm. doing that. Like, don't make it about yeah. the adults. Make it about those kids. And uh, I, don't, I don't know what's – like, how is there, do you have any insight on how you would even make that storyline compel- <laughs> like really compelling? I mean, honestly, well, here's what I where I thought it was going to go. Okay. And and what what I think would have made it somewhat more entertaining. Okay. Or even that I was going to say, or even just funnier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Well, and that's the thing. Like, um. Well, side point, the flutter thing was weird at the beginning to me because it made me feel like all the other admissions people were being assholes. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you're right. He didn't. Yeah, he didn't see. He's not like a mean guy, and and yeah, he's, he's clearly like nice doesn't guy. like the fact that they keep making fun of him for this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, and but then then you kind of forget about that. But um, no, I mean, it, what it felt like at the beginning to me was it was like Marlon Brown has zero chance in hell of getting into pretty much any college. <laughs> yeah. Like that's what how we're set up. Yeah, which is funny. And, yeah, right, exactly. And and I felt like there was going to be a similar thing on the side of Anthony Edwards, where he was like desperate to prove his point uh-huh. and so like he was going to end up with trying to get marlin into the college and that was going to be like the big struggle which it just wasn't like no yeah you, you had these admissions people like arguing over you know who they should admit to the college and it was just like i, I don't I, I really don't care about any of that stuff even even the good stuff that came along with it like there were some good bits with the football player i thought that uh maybe, maybe tashina arnold i mean she is She's great. Yeah, she's really good. But then, yeah, but but then you kind of like, you know, a few weeks from now, I'll forget that was a thread in the story because it had it didn't. I, was say, I mean, you could cut that entirely almost, it. right? Yeah, because she does. She doesn't go to their school. I mean, and that's part right. of the joke is like you get the 
like these kids are clearly in the suburbs of Michigan somewhere, and then you get the cut to uh, to school in Detroit, and it's like the library, and it's like all African Americans, and then there's the guy with the boombox who's just like blasting it in the library, yeah. and this poor girl is just trying to study, and she works at McDonald's, and her mom is all on her case about getting a job, and then trying to go to night school. Um, but you're right. I mean, like, yeah, it has nothing to do with the Jessica and Marlon's story at all. And they barely intersect. Yeah. And, and like even in the scene where they intersect, which is sort of like, uh, what do they call that? Like just like a college, like come to college visitation day or whatever it is. I don't know, I can't remember. Um, right. It's basically where like hopefuls come and interview and, and tour the campus. And they have like a little party for the students. And that's the only scene where she talks to Marlon. And man, that felt like, uh, Kind of, we need a scene where we can get this girl like intersecting with the other storyline of the movie. Yeah, and they're like, what about this? Okay, sure, you know. And uh, it's, I mean, yeah, like it was, it was nothing kind of. Uh, yeah. and, like I'm kind yeah. of with you. Like it's, it's too bad because all, all the performances are good. I mean, even like you have Finn Carter who plays the Nina lady. Like she was fine. She was great. You know. Yeah. Um, and like I mean, she felt like she had a story yes. there to be had. You know, like like it could be a movie about. Nina. Yeah, exactly. Trying to help these kids get into a college. Yes. But like as a sub thread, it's like, I don't know what to do with that. It's so well, much. Well, and a sub thread in a on. wacky comedy. Yeah. It's like it just, yeah. in some ways, they are apples and oranges, these stories. I mean, I did like, there's a moment where, it, you know, Anthony Edwards and the, the Finn Carter character are, they're a couple and they work together. And I think, uh, I remember where they were. I guess I don't know if that was just their apartment or whatever. But there's you know a scene where it's the end of the day and they're coming back and they're talking about the recruits and uh, she's getting ready in the bathroom and he's getting undressed for bed and like he hops in the bed and like the entire mattress and frame scoots away from the wall and like he falls in between that and the headboard. <laughs> it made me laugh. Like it's a good little physical gag, but again, it was. it's just like I mean, <laughs> like those poor people. I'm sure like. I can only imagine those guys, like all of them, are just like, can, like, can I get a laugh? Like, can you please, like, is there anything like funny I can do in this scene? Because, like, yeah, I'm in this comedy, and yeah. and we're really having to carry this sort of like straight storyline. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see the version that you're talking about a little bit, where you know Anthony Edwards is, yeah, maybe. You know, stepping outside the lines a little bit to sort of like make Marlon Brown look like, you know, a hot commodity. I feel, yeah. feel like we've definitely, I mean, especially in the eighties, there's so many stories of, you know, nerd, the popular kind of character, teen wolf. Right. Hello. Um, they could have <laughs> done that. Uh, they don't. No, but, and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get the message of it is that, you know, college should be about providing opportunity to kids that actually just want to learn and like have potential, even though if it's not on their SAT scores. Right. It's a perfectly nice message. <laughs> um, sure. I don't even know if it's applicable anymore. I have no idea. I'll find that out in uh, 13 years, knock on wood. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but, you know, actually, that's a good question, yeah. though. So, so exactly right. That is kind of, you know, if there's a message in, in the movie that can be taken seriously, it's that. Mm -hmm. So then by the end, do you feel like, you know, they've arrived at anything where it's like, uh, this is how you judge a, a human being 
who should be admitted to our college. Like, maybe. I don't know that the yeah. Charles Rocket character got that message. <laughs> I mean, I well, he definitely didn't. I, yeah, I guess that's the thing sure is like, like it, so much of it, so much of it feels like it's an excuse to get Marlon into a college right. in a weird way. Well, and I feel like, you I know? mean, the kids are the one that should be getting the message, right? It's like they're the ones that should learn. You know, if, if anybody's going to learn something by the end of this, almost like I would rather them right. learn, like, and like, I mean, they kind of do. It's like you just got to be yourself, like, you know. Don't right. put this much pressure on it, you know. Go to the place that wants you kind of thing. And, like, I mean, that kind of feels secondary to what the message is <laughs> is to the yeah. admissions group, you know. So they succeeded. They got Tashina into college there. Um, right. I don't know. It's interesting. It really is, like, when you break it down like that. Again, people listening at home who haven't seen the movie, go for the laughs. That's where you'll be rewarded. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, I think it's you not going to be. Well, it kind of goes back to you know if you if you told your friends what the movie was about. Like if I told you yeah. the movie's about this guy who wants to get into this college so he can win the girl, uh-huh. and then you went and watched this movie, you would be disappointed at the end. Yeah, like I don't think there's like there's not. Yeah, it's it, like they they don't hit that thread that hard with like how in love he is with her and how important it is that he get in this college so that he wins her or whatever. You know what I mean? Right. So by the end, you'd be like, well, that's not really what that movie was about at all. No, it's really, it, it, yeah, it is in some ways it's not about their relationship. Um, yeah. I just thought of something that I just want to bring up and we, yeah, it's not really maybe worth debating, but maybe it is a little bit interesting that in this movie where a woman got fired and replaced by a male director couldn't help but think when I watched the end of this, maybe it's a little weird that Anthony Edwards is the one who gets the job, who gets Philip Baker Hall's job, instead of Nina, who's done just as much, if not more, right, for the benefit of the school by going after Tashina, you know, I mean, in some ways. That's a really good point. I mean, she, she is maybe more qualified than he is, right. uh, at least from what we've seen. Uh, maybe that's just a product of the era. We'll see. But well, they're both exactly uh, the same age, it yeah. would seem. But Nina actually brought in someone who needed to get into college and who is exemplary at schooling. Yeah. Whereas so, yeah, Anthony Edwards seem, got in a judging, guy. Yeah. <laughs> he got in a guy who can juggle flaming sticks in a, in a video. <laughs> right. Right. Let's just let him in. I mean, just just for the hell of it. Yeah. But I do, I mean, I laughed a lot. at. I loved Corey Parker's audition video. I mean, those, like, clips of him wrestling the giant woman and yeah. some of the, like, quick, like, just back and forth rapid cups of his, like, face being rammed into the mat, I thought were, were pretty darn funny. And then the great yeah. Diane Franklin moment where the... It's, it's him and his entire family and talking about getting in. Richard Jenkins is like... He he's a good kid. He just needs a little more cooking or whatever, you know. Yeah. Uh, and Diane Franklin's like, we could really use the room. <laughs> like, um, I liked that. Uh, before we wrap up, and I do want to, we'll take some time to maybe compare and contrast this between Big Man on Campus. Um, any other little little bits there? I I gotta say I loved the misdirect 
of the mirror shot with the twins. You know what I'm talking about there? Mm, yeah, that was nice. Yeah, because normally it's like, okay, like, you know, where did they put the camera when I'm looking in the mirror? They used, there's a pair of identical twins who were there, uh, you know, doing their interview and got a nice little shot of them where you think you're looking at the reflection of one of them and actually it's just both of them. And a nice little moment that there where they got their letters. Yeah. Uh, I really, I loved those shots from inside the mailbox. I thought those were great, especially of Laura Flynn Boyle. And then you realize there's the weeping girl and there's her friend and they're all, they all get their little moment looking in the mailbox. Yeah. I thought those were nice. Well, and I loved, I, I loved uh, Taylor Negron as the mailman. Of course. Yes. Even as short as it was. Yeah. He was like, you've the been The dogs hanging accepted. onto his legs. Yep. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. That whole bit was. Yeah. I love I love that guy. Um and and this this kind of feels like faint praise, but I'm still kind of blown away by it. Along the same lines as Lara Flynn Boyle is not shitty to Marlon, you know, and yeah. like they they stay really pretty platonic. He's not just trying to get in her pants all the time. Right. How about the fact that you had this scene where Lara Flynn Boyle goes into the college day thing and talks to Anthony Edwards, an admissions guy. I immediately thought He's going to like fall in love with her too. Oh, really? Okay. That was my first thought. He's going to fall in love with her. So now he wants to keep Marlon out of the school. And plus his girlfriend's going to be pit. Like that's what's going to go on. Nothing like that even tries to happen. Man, Craig. You, He's just a good guy. Got, He's just a good guy. A dirty mind, Craig. Just like shit. <laughs> no, I, yeah. that never occurred to me. Mostly I just, Anthony Edwards is such a nice guy. I mean, like when I think of uh, like his Revenge of the Nerds character, like that, I just oh, can't yeah. like picture him being an asshole, I guess. No, no, neither could I. Yeah. But I, I just, I just assumed that has to be the plot. Yeah. Like that has to be the conflict. Admissions I'll tell you this, guys though. Fall in love with her too. Actually, now that you say it, I'm more surprised that Charles Rocket's character didn't do that because that would have made total sure. sense. And like, sure. he is a prick. I mean, even just the conversation he has about her, they're, they're like two feet away and they're saying these things, these like yeah. terribly mean things about her and, and everybody else there. I'm like, you're a college admissions guy. You can't be saying this shit in front of them. Uh, that was. Uh, that was borderline unbelievable, yeah. uh, might Indeed. add. But no, you're right. Yeah, it doesn't have any of those moments. I do think, yeah, this is a pretty safe movie that you could watch with uh, kids of certain age, and, and they might they might like it. I don't know. I'd be curious to see what sure. modern teenager thinks of this movie. Um, they might find some laughs. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, one other thing I noticed, and actually when I was doing like a Google image search for just some, uh, you know, some, some stills to use in our episode art, Someone had posted this online. Did you notice the production designer's name on this movie? No. Uh, I believe it was credited as Ida Random. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I wonder if that's a real name. I'm trying to find them here on the on the damn. Oh, wow. uh, oh yep, yeah, Ida Random. Let's click on it and see. Oh yeah, big time production designer. I'm sorry to make fun of your name, Ida Random, but it's <laughs> it sounded yeah. like something I that mean, was good made job. up. Yeah. Yeah. We're all about names on this Rain show. Man. All about names. Yeah. Okay, so uh where where do you stand on recommending this movie? Uh, obviously I think uh you didn't love it. It's not something you can say that you loved as much as Better Off Dead in the Steve right. Holland or obviously Adventures of Beans Baxter. You're a well noted fanatic yeah. of that. Uh you you gonna recommend it to people? Uh I mean if it was somebody who the name uh, Savage Steve Holland meant something to. Definitely mm-hmm. no question about it. 
Um, I don't, I don't know who else I would, I would throw it at. Um, it's not, it's not necessarily the crowd pleaser I'd want it to be for me just to like tell anybody, yeah, you should watch this. Um, but yeah, I, maybe, uh, yeah. I think, uh, you? I think, you know, I think there's, there's no problem with people, uh, who are being nostalgic about the eighties to sit down and watch this. I think they'll, they'll appreciate sure. it. And I could see I could see people watching this with their kids actually, um, at some point, you know. You could. Yeah. Like if you got like a thirteen year old kid who's about to go into college or something. I mean not college, sorry. If you have a thirteen year old kid who's about to go <laughs> wow. into college that you do not need to watch this movie. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> if they're about to go into high school though, yeah, this would be fun to sit down and watch with them. It's like, okay, you get ready because this is exactly what it's gonna be like. No. Yeah. So let's we, you know, I, I sent you an email today that said I've been wanting to do this since the start of this season and I keep, keep forgetting every single time. Let's talk about mm-hmm. uh, the two movies that we watched this month, um, Big Man on Campus and How I Got Into College, both from 1989. Both had Corey Parker, coincidentally. Uh, do you have a favorite between the two? Uh, I mean, I think How I, How I Got Into College edges out big man on campus yeah i think i'm with you right now that's where my vote would be uh i think what you know as we talked about a little bit with with andrew i think you know both of these type movies it's sort of i can see we're watching them uh a couple more times especially just pick it up pieces here and there although how i got into college yeah looks like it's also only on dvd right now as far as i could tell uh yeah i thought the dvd looked good I had no complaints sure, with it. It's a good transfer. Um, that shouldn't make you afraid to watch it, but I don't know. If it pops up on cable, definitely just sit down and watch parts of it. You don't have to watch the whole thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think uh, I think I would give the vote to how I got into college. Um, which one is more believable? <laughs> That's maybe a tougher question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which one is more? That's hard. I mean, that's uh, see, you didn't think that would be as tough. I mean, one of them has no, a guy who's it, lived it, it in a bell really tower tough. his entire life, but it is. It's kind of tough. Because my, yeah. my 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 boring adult side, yeah. through pretty much all of how I got into college, was like, this is it. This this is dumb. <laughs> this would never happen yeah. in a thousand. Like I don't care how much you love a girl, you want to get into a college, you're not gonna get into that college. Yeah. There's no college um, expo like this at your high school. There's not. There's people aren't right, showing there's up. Right. There's not. Yeah. <laughs> none of this. But but in a way, I mean, in a way, maybe how I got into college is is rooted a little bit a little bit more into in reality. But mm-hmm. I, I mean, yeah, they they could very well just live in the same uh, universe. In fact, uh, an enterprising young person could cut them both together. Oh snap! And and just make one massive epic movie about how Marlon is friends with a um, hunchback, and that's how he gets into Ramsey. I don't know. Or I wonder if you could just make. Uh, oh man, if, if there's a way to do uh, like how I got into college is sort of like the first half of the movie, and then uh, Big Man on Campus is the second half. If there's like a line sure. about Jessica not actually like she didn't actually get into Ramsey, <laughs> or something, <laughs> you know, and, Jessica was in a horrible accident. Yeah, so he moves on. Three thousand surgeries, and yeah. You know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, it is kind of interesting too because wasn't Corey Parker? Uh, he was like a junior in college in Big Man on Campus, wasn't he? I guess so. Yeah, because he wasn't going to complete college, right? Yeah. Is he a senior he might in college? Have even been a senior. 
Yeah. And uh, he plays a junior in high school in this movie, right? Or maybe he's a senior. Hollywood lied to us, man. Yeah, they lied. I wonder how old he was at the time. I'm not going to look that up. It's too much math to do right now. But he, he was a he was a greaser from the 50s in Friday the 13th Part 5. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't He's know a chameleon, that guy. I'll tell you what. <laughs> um, but no, I, I do think it was. it's interesting to watch both of those movies. Uh, I, I think, you know, as we kind of said, you know, eh, I'm sure there's reasons that, you know, obviously with Big Man on Campus, it, if it didn't show up in theaters, it's hard to say, you know, how can people forget this movie? It was like, well, you know, a lot of us didn't have a chance to see it if we didn't have HBO. Um, right. But this movie, yeah, like we said, it was, you know, it was in the top 15 the weekend it came out. I'm still very surprised that, and especially given the director, that I, I've not heard anything else about this movie. Um think of the yeah. two that 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 surprises me maybe more so than big men on campus although that's such a wacky premise that you know that's surprising in and of itself but yeah hopefully both of them will uh get some blu-ray treatment one of these days or show up in, in hd form and uh pop on netflix or something and, and everybody can watch them uh yeah, let's see seems here like uh seems like yeah. shout factory or somebody should yeah do a double feature yeah they probably listen to this. It'll probably happen. Definitely. Um, any favorite performance? We'll leave on this note. Any favorite performance between those two movies? Only going to take one. You know what? I'm going to take Taylor Negron. I'm going to take him. Yeah, he's a good one. He's a very good one. This scene is 100% solid. Yeah. yeah. Um, man, that's tough. I don't know. I still really liked Alan Katz in Big Man on Campus. Although I sure. think a second, a close second... Oof. I was going to say the weeping girl, the crying girl in this movie because she did make me laugh. It was so stupid. But uh, I don't know. Man, there's so many. Phil Hartman. How can I not say Phil Hartman? Um, I'll say Phil Hartman. Yeah. Okay, we'll we'll leave with that. Um, yeah, that's good. That's it. I, I do think both of these movies are a fun way to just pass some time if you catch them on TV or something. Check them out. And if you do, we'd love to hear from you about what you thought of these two things. And uh, Let us know. Yeah. Craig. You're picking the two movies next month. We'll come back and we'll do something else entirely different. Uh, I'm assuming neither of them will star Corey Parker, but I don't, you know, I don't know. We haven't looked into it yet, have we? That is, I would not take the odds on that show. Okay, <laughs> maybe they will. So, just so you know. All right, we'll come back next time. We will definitely tee up uh, something else, and it'll be fun, and you will enjoy it. And uh, Craig, any last words tonight? Uh, Sean, you know, in life. Life's a big. Life's just a big game. Sean, roll the dice. I'll do that. Uh, if right. I, I, as soon as I can find them. All right, bye, y'all. Bye, y'all. Bye, y'all.